Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. Flo Balagoon cannot be stopped. I don't know if there's anything else that needs to be said, but Fuller and Balagoon cannot be stopped in League One. Just an unbelievable week for him, an unbelievable week for Brooke Norton Cuffey, getting two 90-minute appearances in for Rotherham, and a bunch of other hail enders, as well as some new loan moves as deadline day happened with Tim Akinola joining Chesterfield on loan after his somewhat failed loan spell last season, and Miguel Aziz, another player who had kind of a rough go of it on loan. I wouldn't call it a complete fail, got some experience, but he's now on loan at Ibiza, which is in the second tier in Spain, same league that Marcelo Flores is in. Aziz, remember, has dual nationality, so he could represent Spain, uh, knows the language, should settle in well there, but yeah, that brings our total of Hailenders on loan to 18. There will at least be 18 Hailenders on loan between now and January, that does not even include Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who did join Southampton on loan. You know what? I haven't decided fully if I'm going to cover his loan spell. Um, if people are really passionate about kind of me talking about it, I will. I'll obviously be keeping an eye on it just because I, I watch so much. But I feel like we got 18 players here, all of which could have futures at Arsenal. Ainsley Maitland-Niles clearly does not have a future at Arsenal. So I'm going to refrain from talking about Maitland-Niles. But back to the hot hand, Fuller and Balagoon, another amazing week in France. This lone move has been spectacular so far. He had a goal and an assist in the 4-2 win over Angers. Uh, Game-winning goal later on in the match, ceiling assist to put the match away. 27 minutes played, and what an impact made. Just an unbelievable performance. He won a penalty pretty much right when he came on uh, and coolly slotted that penalty home into the right side of the net. It was an amazing penalty that he won, honestly. I mean, it wasn't anything super tricky, but received the ball, took the defender towards the end line, kind of stopped on a dime and put it out back on his right foot. Defender tried to put a foot in, but only got his left leg, took Flo down. Flo picked up the ball, went right to the spot, Banged it in. Goalie went the opposite way. That put Reams up 3-2. to two. And for the assist, he did really well as well. Had the ball on a counterattack. Had a few options in front of him. Found the most open option, which was a little bit wider than the two other guys kind of making inside runs. But to a player who had a clear shot on goal, who banged it into the far post. Goal and assist in 27 minutes. And it wasn't just the goal contributions. It was the hold of play. He was dribbling around defenders in the middle of the park, retaining possession, passing to a teammate. He was pressing well on his own, winning the ball high up the pitch. He was winning multiple fouls in 27 minutes. He won three fouls, including that penalty. The other two with his back to goal, kind of trying to help Reims play out from the back and, and put the game away and move the, move the game to their, their hold and their possession. It was really just an excellent performance from him. He had a successful dribble, six of six passing. Obviously, that key pass and big chance created that resulted in the assist. He won four ground duels, uh, and as I mentioned, he was fouled three times. It was just, I mean, in 27 minutes, to come on and be an impact sub like that, it's a very hard thing to do. It's very hard to come on. Late in the game as a striker, you haven't touched the ball much so far. You're just coming up cold, and he looked lively immediately. He's really looked 
a little bit faster and a little bit stronger than he did last year. He's so much more mature in his decision-making, and this was just a prime example of that. He then played the full 90 minutes against Lens in a 1-1 draw, and he scored another goal. Unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. He has scored in five separate games. That's five of the six games he's played in Ligue 1. He has scored a goal. That's an impressive run for him to take that next step to senior football. I mean, a lot of people kind of said, you know, that Burrow alone wasn't great. He didn't score a lot. But people who were watching knew he was growing as a player. And the fact that he's able to grow into the game allows him to be a goal scorer because he's not going to be the type of player who just hangs out around the net and poaches goals. He is such a complete player, such a complete profile. And this was another fantastic game by Flo. He had two shots on target, two shots off target, one successful dribble, uh, eight of 14 passing. He won two ground duels. Uh, he, you know, there are a couple of things he does need to work on. Uh, he, a couple of times he tried to receive the ball kind of on the turn and isn't shielding it well enough. So he's trying to turn before he kind of pins the defender back. And in that case, the defender is able to go right around him. Uh, he just kind of needs to really work on that aspect of kind of turning into space, uh, which is going to allow him to score so many more goals going to his right. But he's shown really excellent control in the box and right on the edge of the box to bring the ball to feet get past the defender or go sideways on a defender to get a shot off. Uh, he nearly scored a fantastic solo effort doing this, receiving the ball around the penalty spot, kind of turning towards goal, taking the defender left and, and ripping a shot at the goalie who made a very nice save. Um, and he nearly scored again later in the match with his left foot going, driving with his left foot, dribbling with his left foot and, and firing across goal and just missed uh, the far post. Uh, but yeah, you know, as I was saying, he needs to work on kind of rolling his defender's uh, and if you don't know what that means, that means kind of pinning a defender so that you can receive the ball and turn the way that you want to turn while still shielding the ball from them, right? So flow at the moment is either receiving the ball with back to goal and able to shield it and, and make a play or and then turn, or he's able to receive the ball on the run. But if he can receive the ball and pin and turn, he'll be a menace to deal with. Uh, and as far as the goal went that he scored... It was a great first touch, the outside of his boot. The goalie thought he was going to go first time. Goalie went to the ground, and he just, you know, had the whole goal to aim at. Cooley slotted it home. But, you know, another thing Flo does really well is he mixes up his runs. All game, all game, all game, he'll come back to the ball, come back to the ball. Middle of the pitch, come back to the ball. And then one time he goes and makes a run between the two center backs, and they're surprised. They're kind of waiting for him to come back to the ball. He finds himself in space in the box. This is how he won that penalty in the previous match that week. It's just really awesome to see. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm incredibly excited. I hope I'm not talking too fast. But it's just, you don't always hit the ground running like this. And what a difference it makes for him. Because he will have a dry spell. But he's always going to have that confidence from this spell of games. Where he has scored 5-6 and six with 2 assists. He's going to always kind of have that to, to look back on. And when he starts to struggle, he knows he can score at this level. And if you look at other strikers who go out on loan, when they don't score early on and they don't get right into the rhythm of goal scoring, it takes them a while to breed that confidence, to figure out the right places to be. And, and Flo has settled in so beautifully. And, and it seems like his teammates and him are, are, are really, I mean, I don't want to say just getting along well, but they, they seem to be excited to be playing together. He, he seems to be, you know, really meshing with the team well. And that's a hard thing to do as a young English kid. He was born in New York City. Uh, he's never hasn't obviously spent a lot of time in France, and he, he's just adapted so so well. Talking about young English kids, Brooke Norton Cuffey uh, got two great, I mean, very good performances in this week. Two 90-minute performances in uh, the first against Sunderland in a three-nil loss, 
where he started at right wing back and actually played the last 20-25 minutes at left wing back, which I'm going to touch on in, in a few minutes, but very interesting. Very, very interesting performance there. A lot to be liked about what he did on that side of the pitch. But for starters, uh, at right wing back, very early on in the game, he got beat to the end line. The offense got a, the offender got a free cross into the box. And I was a little bit surprised. You don't really see that happen to Brook Norman Cuffey a lot. And he didn't let it happen again all game. He won that duel up that end line the entire rest of the match. Did not let himself get beat once. Um, and, you know, that's huge. His defensive ability was, this was the best performance I've seen him have strictly as a defender by far. He won 12, 12 duels, 12 of 17 duels won four tackles. He also was excellent in possession. Uh, his first four or five passes in this match were all with the left foot and all completed. He ended up completing 16 of 26 passing, five dribbles successful out of six attempts. He was just excellent, man. He looked so confident. Like, he, this is the same way he adapted at Lincoln City. The second he got up to full match fitness, he was just so confident. He does not waver. He sees what he wants to attack, and he attacks it. And you know what? It doesn't always come off. But he doesn't give up on a play ever, and he comes back in and wins that second tackle. That thing I was talking about that Sokka has where it doesn't look like he's that dribble he's creating is going to be successful, and the ball kind of bangs around. And then when it all breaks up, Brook Norton Cuffey still has the ball at his feet. Uh, and he did that excellently in this match as well. Uh, as I was mentioning a few seconds ago, he did get to play left back for the first time in his senior career here. Uh, and... I was shocked at how comfortable he looked. Shocked may not be the right word because he looks comfortable anywhere on the pitch. But he can do everything with his left foot, including dribbling. And you don't see that a lot when he's at right wing back because obviously he's using his body to shield from the defenders and he's got the sideline right next to him, so dribbling on your right foot. But he was dribbling on his left foot. He was he had an unbelievable touch around a defender where he received a bouncing ball, poked it over the defender with his left foot, and took two more dribbles with that left foot and got into space to attempt to cross. It's just like he's just an amazing footballer. I'm so excited for him to have this opportunity at Rotherham in the championship. I, I spoke a lot about last season about how I thought he would stay with the first team this year. And that was selfish of, on my part because it's easier for me to watch him if he's playing with Arsenal. I was excited to see him play for Arsenal. But this is just experience that he will, will make him ready to go next year 100%. He just looks so confident and comfortable. Uh, in the second match with Watford, uh, 90 minutes at right wing back in a 1-1 draw. Remember Watford in the Premier League last year, so this is a good, good test for Brook Norton Cuffey, and again was incredibly strong defensively. Uh, he won five duels, two tackles. He was 10 of 13 passing with one successful dribble, uh, and, and again, he's just too fast and too strong for anyone to beat him inside. Nobody even attempts to bring him inside. Obviously, with that back five, there's more defenders that way, but everyone tries to kind of go sideline, and he's too fast and too strong. Nobody gets by him, uh, and he's Another thing about his left foot, he loves to win a tackle with his left foot, which if you watch even like Ben White or Saliba, like most of these guys, they do not tackle with their left foot often. And Brook Norton Cuffey is not afraid to do that. Another reason why he excelled in that left wing back position for the last 20 minutes of the match with Sunderland. But again, a strong game defensively. Uh, the only other thing I'd really like to see him improve on is his crossing, which at the youth level was very excellent. And, and you know, even with Lincoln last year, it was quite good. Seems like he's not really aiming for anyone. He's kind of swinging balls in from half space areas uh, as well as when he gets, you know, two kind of equivalent with the top of the box. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There's not a lot of targets to aim for. It doesn't seem like Rotherham are crowning the box with players for him to, to hit at, but I would like to see him kind of improve that and, and his decision making just a touch. 
Going down one level at Ipswich, Tyrese John-Jules played 62 minutes, kind of as a supporting forward. Uh, he wasn't strictly on one side or the other uh, in a 2-0 win over Accrington. It was a good game for him passing the ball, 15 of 17 passing, had a key pass. Uh, he won three ground duels. He was fouled twice, but he just isn't making enough happen on the ball. I'd like to see him make more happen when he gets the ball to his feet. I'd like to see him be more aggressive. I, as I mentioned, I'd like to see him shoot more often. No shots in this game. Those kinds of things, like this is what this loan spell is for him. And, and if he's not going to be that kind of player, it's going to be tough for him to take that next step. Um, you know, he's not getting aggressive enough getting into the box. Uh, he's not getting aggressive enough with the ball at his feet moving towards the box. You know, he does really well in link up, but, you know, otherwise it's like nothing's popping out and he's going to lose his starting spot. Like, uh, after a match like this, there's no reason for the manager to have to keep him in the team sheet. I'm not saying the manager shouldn't, but he didn't do anything that said to the manager, I need to have this player on the pitch next week. And Tyrese John Jules is the kind of player that should be doing stuff like that. He has the ability. So a little bit surprised at this one for him. Would like to see him be more aggressive. Aggressive-wise, Ryan Alabiosu is really hitting his stride. I mean, Kilmarnock are having a very tough season. But Alabiosu, this was really, really a good match for him. I think, you know, that Celtic and Rangers match back-to-back, Kilmarnock just got absolutely worked, had no possession. I think Alabiosu got a little bit frustrated, tried to force things. This match, he was just money. Uh, 14 of 16 passing, 3 out of 3 successful dribbles, 6 out of 9 ground duels won, 2 out of 2 aerial duels won, uh, 3 clearances, a block shot, and 2 tackles. He was strong, he was powerful, he was well positioned, uh, he was he was safe in possession, but in a smart and progressive way. He really, this is probably the most complete game I've seen him play, where it's not just him in space, bombing the wing, you know, it's toward lots of freedom, no defensive responsibility. He did a little bit of everything in this match. They did not win the match, but he did a little bit of everything. Uh, really nice performance. He's really been one of their best players. Really, their, He's definitely the most athletic player. He's definitely the strongest and most powerful player on the ball, which is an interesting thing to say about a defender. But there's a lot to like about Ryan Alabiosu, and I think this is going to be a great... It has been a good loan spell, and it's going to continue to get better. If he can rack up a couple assists, I mean, Kamarnock need to improve for that to happen. Uh, but then he can, you know up his transfer value. Uh, Arsenal are going to become a much better selling club starting next transfer window. Now that all this dead weight is gone, nobody has to go. I mean, Alibiosu's still young. You know, he can go on another loan. People are going to have to, you know, the way Southampton spend 10, 12 million on, on academy prospects, those are the kind of money we're going to get. 10, 12, 15, 20 million, not these two, four, five million dollar deals. Um, that, that's what's to come. And Ryan Alibiosu is on track for that kind of progression. Um, an, another defender, Mazita Gungbo, 90 minutes at left center back in a 2-2 draw with Salford. You know, he keeps bouncing back and forth between the left center back and the left wing back role uh, in Betsy's back five. And this was actually a very good game for him defensively. Um, I mean, it's kind of strong to say fully defensively, certain aspects of the defensive game. He's still kind of tr- struggling with tracking runners, but he's very good when, when the ball's played on his side of the pitch. He's very good at keeping it in front of him. He's very good at making a tackle. He's very good at not letting people get by him. He is struggling a little bit with tracking runners. I think sometimes in a back five that can happen because it's not if you're not communicating between you and the center center back, it's hard to tell whose man that is. And, and he did get beat to a cross for one of the goals that Salford scored. But otherwise, I thought he was really, really good in this match. I think that was harsh on him a little bit. Um, you know, it was a tight angle that this, the goal scorer scored from. He did pretty well. He just didn't get to it first. 
Uh, but three clearances, three block shots, a tackle and interception was not tripled past. As I mentioned, very good at that. Uh, three out of five round duels won, and one out of three aerials duels won. Um, you know, as I was saying the last few episodes, I'd like to see him stronger in those ground duels, and, and he did get better here in this match. He looked more confident. He knew when to go into one and when to lay off, hence not being dribbled past either. Getting his timing down a little bit better. Uh, and he was very good on the ball and in possession in this match. 23 of 31 passing. He completed three long balls. He's finding his you know left wing back and his left forward in space in the channels a lot. And he's waiting those passes beautifully uh, right in between a midfielder and a center back or a center back and a right back really nicely. Uh, and he did have a successful dribble on his one attempt. Agungbo has played well. Uh, I, I really think he's gotten better and more comfortable each match. I like him getting the experience at left center back. I don't think left wing back is really helping him improve in the areas he needs to improve in. So I'd like to see him continue to play there. Uh, staying in League 2 here with Arthur Okonkwo at Crew, He played goal in a 2-1 loss to Stevenage. And he just his confidence is not there right now. This is not the Arthur Okonkwo that you know I've seen at the youth levels. Uh, the one that rightfully so got called up as the third goalkeeper for much of last season. He's just, he's having a lot of trouble with positioning. And he's, I think it, I, I think I figured out that it has to come down to confidence. He's having struggles of wanting to know when to come out and when to stay in his net. And I think that he's overthinking it a little bit. The first goal that he let in, he got a hand to a shot that was not hit hard. But to be fair to him, there were like six bodies in between him and the ball. And he didn't see it till the last second, dove to the ground and pushed it, you know, with one hand sort of to his left, but left it there for an attacker to tap home into an empty net. And the second goal was just horrendous, really. Uh, came out to a cross, uh, but just did not get a strong fist to it at all. Basically punched it directly down to an attacker who, again, had an easy tap in right to the back of the net. You know, Okunkwo is such a big body that the, the position thing's a little bit surprising to me because... He, he should really stay a little bit in goal more because he has the ability and the reflexes to save a lot of shots. Even that first goal, he was a little too far out. So when he got his hand to it, instead of it parrying it wide and out of play, it, it stayed in play. And I don't know if this has to do with coaching at crew. I would have to kind of look back at previous goalkeepers there, uh, maybe last year, uh, and see if this is kind of the conditioning and coaching that's being taught there. But it, it's a little bit, I'm a little bit shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he loses the number one role in, in goal for them for a certain period of time. He's really not playing well. Uh, but he, he has improved on the distribution, which was a big part of this. 20 of 35 passing, 6 of 21 on long balls. That short passing is key. That He's getting more confident playing out from the back and feeling confident in his teammates. It took him a little while, so it's good to see that. Uh, only a few more guys featured here for our Hail Enders this week. Uh, Nikolai Moeller, still getting back to full match fitness, but he did get to play the second 45 minutes and a 2-1 loss as well. Remember, just played the 12 or 13 minutes last week, 45 minutes this week. Uh, and he was really good <clears throat> right when he came on. Nearly scored within two minutes of a header just outside the penalty spot, so like in between 12 and 18 yards out. I mean, it was not a great cross, but a ridiculous attempted header that nearly poked into the far low corner there. Uh, and unfortunately did not, but a really amazing header. Uh, and he's just a beast in the air. Seven of 11 aerial duels won. Uh, he was 5 of 16 passing otherwise. He was a little bit isolated uh, up top there. Had one shot off target, as I mentioned, and a key pass. Uh, but, you know, he really created a lot uh, with just winning the ball down from his head. Two players who 
because it drags that center back out who's guarding him. And then if he can win a header down to a midfielder, he's got runners in behind. Uh, he would have had an easy goal later on in the half if the attacker down the left wing squared it to him instead of taking a very hard-angled shot. That made no sense. Uh, and then he made a great run on a counterattack in the 75th minute uh, where the attacker on the ball had two options to choose from, did not choose Moeller. Uh, and if he had chosen Moeller, probably would have had an easy goal. Uh, so again, Moeller doing all the right things. I really like his runs a lot better this year. I think he's, again, more comfortable and, and more confident in himself to score. Uh, so once he starts starting and he's fully healthy, I expect the goals to start pouring in. As mentioned on the top of the episode, Tim Akinola was sent on loan to Chesterfield uh, in the National League, and he made his debut playing 25 minutes and a 2-0 win over Oldham Athletic. Uh, he's been handed the number four shirt, so I'm going to expect this loan to go a lot better and for him to be playing week in and week out versus what happened at Dundee last year. Uh, and then Alex Kirk played the full 90 in a 2-1 win over Greenock Morton. Three wins in a row since he's been in the side. That isn't a coincidence. Very, very good for Alex Kirk and his confidence. Uh, he did get a yellow card in this match, but otherwise has been quite solid uh, with another center back they just brought in. Uh, they've the, the two of them have played three matches in a row together and have formed a very nice partnership. They have good open communication. They're both, you know, very good in the air. They're both comfortable enough on the ball, but don't force it out from the back, and they've been very, very solid out of the back. Uh, as far as the rest of our lone ease go, Omar Rekik. Again, an unused substitute for Sparta Rotterdam in a 4-0 win. And I am just flabbergasted. This is a league that he would be so good in. This is killer. This is absolutely killing me. He would be so good in this league. I don't know why they're not playing him. I mean, now they've won a couple of matches, so it's going to be much harder for him to get in without an injury. But, man, he's played 12 minutes all season. That's brutal. Uh, Ovia Jahiri, obviously at Chelmsford, has returned from injury. He made the bench uh, for their match this past week. Would like... I would guess he's going to get back in goal next week. He's been very, very good for them. Uh, I think he's just trying to fully get back to match fitness and no reason to rush him back. Uh, as I mentioned, Miguel Aziz making his lone move to Ibiza in La Liga 2 uh, should make the next squad against Tenerife. And the next match after that would be against Marcelo Flores on September 19th in Real Oviedo. So that could be fun. Uh, speaking of Marcelo Flores, he did not feature in a 1-1 draw with Levante. Uh, Mustafi played for Levante, but actually got injured and came off in the first 20 minutes. Uh, and he was on the bench for the whole match, Marcelo Flores. I don't know if they're just trying to, you know, rest him a little, not overuse him. Interesting that he didn't come in when it was 1-1, but it is what it is. Uh, Harry Clark still out due to that shin injury, but hopefully back, I, my guess would be after the international break. Uh, Tom Smith still has not featured for Bromley. Mika Birith still out due to injury, but has returned to training. Uh, Salah Adin Ulad Amhand still has not made the bench due to a niggling hamstring injury, likely out until after the international break. Uh, and then Charlie Patino still out due to that ankle injury from that bad ankle roll. Should be back in a week or so. Hopefully before the break he can make a cameo. If not, we'll definitely be back after the international break. Great episode. A lot of fun things. I mean, we've got 18 players. we got a lot to watch. We have players in... The Championship, League One, League Two, League One, uh, National League, National League South, La Liga Two, the Eredivisie, and the Ereste Divise. I oh, and the Scottish Championship and the Scottish Premiership. Is that everything? I think that's everything. That is a lot of leagues to keep track of. That is a lot of fun of to watch, and 
it, it's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see Aziz. I think this is going to be a great loan move for him. It's a very physical league. He'll probably play a little bit further forward unless, you know, they. I don't know what the inner workings of the deal are. It's potentially a reason they send him to Ibiza. Obviously, Murtisacker has been trying to convert Aziz to a six. Not really where he's most comfortable. It will be interesting to see where he plays. Um, and, yeah, other than that, not much else to report on. Keep hitting me up. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch all of this. Balagoon, again, has just been awesome. Uh, we got European football coming up. Going to get to watch a lot of the Hailenders, hopefully in the Europa League this year. Matt Smith potentially going to get his first senior appearance, which honestly I, I've said a lot about him and thought he would leave this summer, but really would be a nice kind of storybook ending to his Arsenal career if in this last season with Arsenal. Likely his last season he could play some, some matches for them because he's been very patient and, and he's been sent on loan a few times and he really is a, a true Hail Ender. But otherwise, thank you for listening to Away From Hail End and we will be back next week. <laughs>